Welcome back to the 12th episode of Chess Journeys, Tales of Adult Improvement. Here at Chess Journeys, we seek to capture the highs of chess improvement, the lows and despairs of chess plateaus, and just try to figure out what works for people, what hasn't worked for people, and let them share their stories. So this week, I'm bringing on, oh no, he's a busy man, he's renovating a farm, he has seven children, I believe, that might be inaccurate. Um, oh no, how are you doing? How's your chest been going? Did you have a chance to play it all today? Thanks very much for having me on the show. Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't played at all today. Uh, in fact, uh, recently, uh, well, not so recently, but since we really moved to the farm full time, I've, uh, I've had a lot less time for chess. So I've just had an hour in the evening. Um, so yeah, I've uh, been trying to play a game in that time. Um, but nothing yet today. Yeah, the challenges of having a new thing in your life. I, I went back to work full time. I'm a teacher, so I had summer off. And uh, I didn't get to play a single game this week. Like I couldn't find time to play a rapid game where I had energy. Like I left school yesterday and I was like, today is the day. And traffic was horrific. And it was like an hour drive. And I got home and I slumped in my chest chair and I went, I can't. I just, I just can't do it. Like I, I want to, but I can't. So I hear you. I hear you. It can be tough. Um, yeah. Have you been doing anything to try to carve out more time or are you just kind of like, I got this hour. I'm going to do the best I can with my hour. Um, I mean, I was, I, when I first, uh, when we very first got to the farm, I was trying to get up super early and squeezing an hour of studying but it's just not possible at the moment. There's just too much to do. So I've got my hour in the evening and, you know, sometimes I have that hour and I'm, it's a bit like yourself, you know, sometimes I sit down and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to play today. You know, I don't have the energy for it. I'm, I'm probably not there. Um, and, you know, recently I sort of got involved with the uh, chess punks on Twitter and I saw this hashtag going about this, uh, hashtag 100 days of chess and I thought I'm going to do that I'm going to commit to it I'm going to play 100 rapid games in 100 days I'm going to annotate oh. them I'm going to post my analysis online and uh well today would be day seven but I think I'm just going to have to leave it I'm going to have to give up the challenge because yesterday I played and it was like 11 at night I had to get up at five in the morning I was what am I doing uh you know really the chess improvement should be for me and, you yeah. know, suddenly I've put all this pressure on myself to post the analysis online. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's going to take a bit of the fun out of it for me. So I think I might have to give that up, unfortunately. I think that's the right attitude. Because I think the point of the 100 Days of Chess is to help keep you motivated, but not to destroy you as a person, right? No, absolutely. And I, I don't struggle with the motivation at all. You know, like I'm quite, I think that's one thing I've really taken from chess is to have this part of my life that sort of compartmentalized from all the craziness of everything else and mm -hmm. i've been able to stay really disciplined with that so you know I, d I don't think i needed the 100 days of chess for that maybe i'll do 100 games and i'll annotate them but maybe not in 100 consecutive days <laughs> yeah i like that i like uh, it would be kind of a cool thing if you just called it the 100 games of chess or something and then it's just like sure. Like you over, you know, 200 days or something or 300 days, maybe a year, give yourself one year to play 100 games. That kind of feels like a more reasonable time frame to try to finish 100 games or <laughs> I agree with you. one awesome weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a math guy, so I can't even do the math. Can you do 100 rapid games in a weekend? I don't I don't actually know the answer to that, but um, that's all right. So what have you been doing then? Like last night, okay, you said you did play a game. Well, let's say tonight you're like, I'm too tired to play a game. Do you have a sort of a system where you have like, this is the thing I do for chess when I'm like full on engaged, my mind is blazing. And then here are some activities I do when my mind is not as active or do you just be like, I'm not doing chess right now. I'll just do something different. Uh, yeah, no, I think if I was really feeling like uh my mind was just frazzled and i was tired from the work i'll just uh i'll just probably leave it um yeah but i mean i i would say i, I normally get to do a bit of chess every day and it's certainly all on my uh, on my mind all the time and uh 
when I'm working, I'll be listening to your podcast or another chess podcast. So I'm thinking about it a lot, even if I'm not doing it every day. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I have like this uh, ideal study plan that I feel mm-hmm. like maybe one day in the future <laughs> I'll be able to <laughs> be able to implement. But, uh, you know, I figure like, let's say that's a four hour a day plan. Ooh. You know, maybe I could take that and say, all right, well, I can't do four hours a day. Probably not going to be doing four hours a day for several years. So, you know, maybe I can just take a block of that and do one hour a day. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems reasonable. So, and I certainly think next year, uh, once the house renovation is finished, uh, that I'll be able to uh, definitely add in an hour of study because I'd love to be studying and playing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to get my game and then maybe do an hour. Yeah, that would be an ideal scenario. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think that's a healthy approach is if you're like not up for it, you just don't do it. I have a hard time doing that. Like, I'm like, no, I had one hour. I'm going to do something. So I have like a tier of things I can do. Like at the top is a rapid game with annotation. And then under that would be uh, maybe reading over a master game. And then at the very, very bottom is puzzle rush. Cause I don't care <laughs> what I get in puzzle rush. It's just like intuition and pattern recognition. And it's like, you are super tired. And you got four somehow. And I'm like, what? I can get like 28 at this thing. And they're like, yes, but you're very tired today. Um, so, yeah, that, that's how I kind of handle it. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I've been trying to stay away from uh, faster things like Puzzle Rush and Blitz mm. and Bullet. I mean, I've really just never done it because uh, the advice of everyone on the Internet who's a title player for, you know, newer players says just avoid it. Yeah, that is such great advice. I hate blitz and i'm terrible at it but i still do it sometimes because i'll be like i'm in the mood to play chess i don't have time to play a rapid game right now i can squeeze in about 10 minutes for a game i guess i'll play a game of blitz i'm never happy even if i win i'm unhappy because i play so poorly when i play blitz that i'll be like i won i guess but it was still a ridiculous game where i made two blunders and my opponent just happened to make three uh, but yeah, some people, for whatever reason, they can be, they can get a lot more out of Blitz than, than I know I certainly can. Well, let, let's pause for a moment and ask you this important question, just so we can ground our listeners and everything. What is your rating right now by whatever metric it is that you rate yourself? Uh, well, I, I've never played an over-the-board tournament. Uh, I play on chess.com. Uh, I do have a Lee Chess account, um, but my... Uh, chess.com uh, rating I think just now is 1140 something like that uh, yeah okay all right um, and how long have you been playing uh, so I started in December last year just after watching the Queen's Gambit I guess like a lot of other people <laughs> uh, uh-huh. so I, I don't know I don't know if I can do the maths on that uh, eight see. months is that right <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I watched the Queen's Gambit and picked it back up in December, like late December. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it was early December, something like that. Okay. But anyway, yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I've, I'm glad I watched it because, uh, yeah, it's a great hobby. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> what was it about the Queen's Gambit that made you think, hmm, I think I'm going to try that? Like, had you ever played chess before? I had played uh, as a child. I remember being taught the rules by a stranger on a giant chess set on an island in Greece, I think. And it must have been like nine or something on a family holiday. This feels like the story of a future grandmaster. I was on an <laughs> island in Greece and this random stranger came up to me and he bestowed on me the knowledge of chess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I, I guess I played a handful of times, uh, maybe with my with my dad and uh, a friend. But uh, no, I never really played chess. I had no idea, you mm. know, just I knew how the pieces moved. But I would have probably struggled to set up the board correctly, honestly, mm. if uh, if I hadn't been playing online when I yeah. started to get it started in December. And so what was it about the Queen's Gambit that made you think like, huh, I, I want to do that. That looks fun. I don't know. It was just such a fantastic series. And uh, yeah. there's just a kind of magic around chess. And yeah, and 
I don't know what it was, but uh, certainly as soon as I started playing and you start discovering the world of YouTube and all the history behind the game, I, I just completely fell in love with it. Did you have any dreams in those first couple of months of like, I'm going to be the world champion? Just you wait, <laughs> world. I'm going to be the world champion. Because I know a lot of people do, right? Like, that's why a lot of people get into stuff. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I definitely when I first started, I was like, I want to be a master. And then, I, you know, mm -hmm. I can go around telling people I'm a chess master. So, you know, like yeah. 2,200 feet. And I think I, you know, uh, one step at a time, you know, I was, I'll, I'll try and get to, I'll try and just get to the next level first. But, uh, you know, certainly that would be a lifelong goal. I know it's mm -hmm. uh, probably, a lot of people say it's fairly unlikely for adults and that's probably true. But uh I feel like it's there's no harm in certain certainly setting yourself that goal. Why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, the nice thing about saying you're a chess master is you can certainly say it to people. They will have no idea. <laughs> They'll just be like, "Well, oh no, certainly likes chess. I buy that one." So you sure, got that like going a, for you. Like putting on your CV that you speak Swahili or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, no, no one can verify. <laughs> uh, I, I think people at my school are fairly convinced that I'm a chess master. I certainly don't say that, but like the kids barely know how to play. Right. And then I just want them all. And they're like, have you seen Kevin? He's the greatest <laughs> chess player ever. And I'm like, you didn't even know how the night moved. Of course, I'm going to look like the greatest chess player ever. Um, <laughs> all right. Here's a funny admission. I haven't said this on the podcast. Um, I, my goal is actually to become an I am which is an absurd goal. I realize that. Um, but I feel like I'm able to put in a lot of time over the summers. And when I do, and when I did in the past, I'd been able to make big improvements. Uh, but I will say this, I put in a lot of time this past summer for three months. And my rating coming out of the summer appears to be about the same as what's going in. So I may have to <laughs> drastically alter this I am goal. I, I, I'm a I'm fully uh, aware that it's a challenging goal and it's one that might have to be modified and I won't be crushed as a person if I don't reach it. So that's do, where I'm Do at. you feel like you're a, a better player even though your rating hasn't increased? I feel like I am a light years better player. Like if you had told me at the beginning of the summer, you're like a 1650 player, I would just assume now I'm at least 1800. Like that's just the amount of improvement. And also um my ability to play better against better players um but it's i think it just comes down to the problem of there are so many phases of chess and i'm still bad at some of them and i still just wing off clunker moves sometimes where i'm just like what what was that like what happened there and you're like well <laughs> yeah well you played a great game <laughs> but that move certainly lost it and because of that your rating is not going up so I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm not obsessed with my rating. It's just, it's the one metric that we have, right? Um, they, no one can measure you by your strategic understanding of chess. There isn't like another rating where they're like, okay, here you go. Chess.com strategic understanding of chess award. You're an 1800 now. So just, it just is what it is. All right. So man, you said you laid out this, uh, this, this, this big four hour a day improvement plan. I'm curious, what is that based on? Is that based on research? Is it just based on like identifying your own strengths and weaknesses and determining what you would have to do to fix them? Uh, where'd you come up with this plan? Um, I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think, uh, I just, I, I really liked listening to, I think, Eric Kislik on the Perpetual Chess podcast. Hmm. And he talked about this idea of things you only need to learn once, like concrete knowledge and oh, okay. chess skill. And I feel like, well, if, if over the next 10 years I can gain this concrete knowledge, this uh, these things you only need to really learn once, uh, and then focus on the skill so i like i quite i, I really mm. find it inspiring what neil bruce is doing on twitter you know where he sort of set aside these blocks where he's like i'm gonna learn strategy for three years i'm gonna learn uh you know i think he just finished doing pawn structures for six months or however long it was mm. um as part of his strategy training and 
yeah, I think that's a, a really good way to go about it. Because, you know, there's some things you, you either know or you don't. And uh, it, it, you're not going to get better at it. It's just a case of having the knowledge. And then once you have it, then you can practice and implement it. I mean, it depends what it is. If it's a theoretical end game, you know, maybe you need to remind yourself every now and again. But uh, yeah, and I was really inspired by that. And I'd love to get Eric Kistlet's book. I think it's called Applying Logic in Chess. Hmm. Um, so yeah, whenever I get time to study again, I'd love to read that. And uh, yeah, because that's I like all I can work on just now is my, is my decision making, I feel like, hmm. uh, because all I can do is play. And yeah, I, one thing I heard was um, the, the chess network had this video on chess thinking and just asking myself, what does the move do? What does the move no longer do? And I'm just trying to ask myself that for every single move. And uh, I, I mean, I, I'm obviously not good enough to read Jakob Olgert's um, books yet, but no. I did run across those three questions to ask yourself mm. uh, when it's not your turn. Uh, about the worst place piece your opponent's plan and uh, the weaknesses in the position so I've been trying to ask myself these questions and get mm. into good habits but yeah I'd, I'd love to read that book uh, anyway sorry I went in a bit of a no that's great there. um couple things there I have I don't think I've heard this podcast uh I've, I've listened to so many perpetual chess podcasts I wonder if it's before I started listening um, I'm gonna have to look that one up because that one sounds really promising. And then Jakob Agard's books. Yeah, like I, I'm in this spot where I feel like I'm not good enough to read them yet, because people say like, you need to be x good. Um, but then I'm like, but maybe I would still get something out of them. Like, I don't know, it's this whole hard thing of like, when you're selecting a book of like, what is going to bring me the most value for my level kind of thing, right? And like, if I spend eight months going through Agard's book and at the end, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I learned anything. Then that's probably not worth it. But I don't know. It's just it's a weird mystery to me of trying to pick the next book. But I think I found one. I'm currently reading Under the Surface and I am happy about it. So that's good. But that's, uh, that's, that's where I'm at. Jan, Jan Marcus. No, yep. I, I really like the idea of that book as well, because you can supposedly read it without a board which is um, maybe just what I need to squeeze in a bit of extra chess time, you know? But, I would not agree with that statement. Oh, really? <laughs> I think if okay. you're really good, you can read board. Maybe I'm but, thinking of something else. No, no, you, you are 100% right. That's one of the reasons why I bought it. But thankfully, wow. I bought it in the forward chess app. And in that app, you have a board. So that, that's worked out great. Because um, what I'm the way I structure my study time is like I have my sitting at my computer study time. And then I read a book for about 20 minutes before I go to sleep at night. And so I'm always looking for a book that will allow me to look at something in a 20 minute chunk, get something out of it, and then be able to go to sleep and also have it rolling around in my mind while I'm sleeping. Um, and so I'm fine. Sam Shanklin's um, Small Steps was really good for that because he had these really concrete portions where he'd be like this is the this is what we're looking at here's an example and then i could be like done done go to sleep uh and i feel like jan's doing a good job with that as well so but again that's just my own thing that i've set up for myself i tend not to read books as much when i'm at my computer i'm doing things like trying to play rapid games going over games doing analysis things like that I do, I do enjoy a chess book, and uh, I've got the amateur's mind. Hmm. And actually, this weekend, I did find myself with a random hour, and I set up my board and pieces and uh, went through a section of that. So, nice. you know, although I'm saying I have an hour in a day, sometimes I can steal an extra hour. Like, sometimes yeah. I can throw, lob my son in the carrier bag, and he'll fall asleep, and I can watch a few lectures or something like that. You know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's such a fun feeling too when you get to steal that hour, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, a bonus hour!" And I'm actually awake. This is amazing. So, like yeah. today, we we have the day off work, and I'm like, "I'm gonna record a podcast. I'm gonna do a chess lesson. I'm gonna play a rapid game. I've got like the schedule for the day." And my kids are like, "When are we hanging out?" And I was like, "You're grounded." No. I'm not. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, just coming back quickly, uh, Eric Kislik, uh, I'm pretty sure that he started playing chess when he was 18, and he is now an IM. So mm. there you go. It's, okay. IM's your target. Then. There we go. You know, I know 18 is an adult just, but, uh, you know, he did it. So mm-hmm. I'm also... I'm I'm of the maybe deluded believer that adults can make massive improvements in chess. I think the main reason most adults struggle is mo is not like a brain deficiency, but much more the responsibilities of being an adult. Like there's just so many things always pressing on you, grabbing your time away from you, and the fact that I'm able to carve out time in the summers. And just make it a long-term process. I think that gives me a chance. I'm not saying I'm going to become an I am. I'm just saying that I feel like I feel like my brain functions less less effectively than when I was a kid. Sure, certainly, but I still think there's. I think I think it's flowing well, and maybe that's just delusion. Who knows? We'll we'll see. Oh no, maybe in a year from now I'll be like I've given up chess because my brain is trash. I don't know. <laughs> Possible. Uh, the thing is, like, uh, like, I'm aware of this debate, you know, can adults become master uh, you know, and about the different learning speeds between adults and kids. But I feel like ultimately, for me anyway, if I was to accept that adults can't become masters, that adults can't learn uh, and can't improve to this level, then what's the point? <laughs> you know, I just, I just uh-huh. feel like I, I, I just don't, there's no point in believing that, whether it's true or not. Yeah. It's just, I agree. Uh, Yep. It's going to take all the fun out of it for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. That like putting an artificial restraint on myself makes no sense to me. Like I either do for it sure. or I don't. And that's fine. I'm, I'll enjoy the journey. But if at the start of the journey, someone was like, hey, by the way, you know, that mountain you're about to climb, I have a crystal ball and you're not making it to the top. Then I'd be like, well, then forget it. Then I'm not even bother getting on the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, so what have you done so far? You, I think you said you, you went from like 800 to 1100 in a few months. You have a, a chess.com blog post. What would be your suggestions for, for that new, new player who's like around 800 looking to make that sort of initial jump, which a lot of people say is the easiest one, right? Because there's so much you don't know yet, but it's still, really hard um i have a friend going through this right now and it's been a very challenging process as all chess improvement is yeah Mm, let me think about that for a minute were you mostly playing were you mostly videos books was there like some sort of combination i mean i would say initially i was all over the place because you know you don't even know where to start and yeah i was doing i I remember i started off like learning and a Italian game ch- uh, course on chessable, which was just a complete waste of time, you know? But, uh, <laughs> Why is that a waste of time? Well, I mean, for me, like, I'm, I'm trying to memorize these 15 moves. I've got no oh, idea. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe at my level, people aren't going to know 15 moves or maybe not yeah. three. Okay, I mean, let's, so... let's take a quick moment then and reflect on chessable. That is such a great point. Do you still use chessable? Uh, yes. Okay. And how do you use it? Do you use it differently than you did when you first started? Yeah, I, I only really use it for tactics now, um, just because uh-huh. I like the interface. I like that I can set the uh, I can set the tactics to cycle after a month, mm-hmm. and then you can reduce it to two weeks. And I, I, I started doing the woodpecker cycles hmm. through common chess patterns, and I finished my seven cycles with that. Um, oh, nice. Uh, I, I would How are you say feeling with your tactics, do you feel like you're spotting patterns quicker now coming out of that? Um, it's hard to say, honestly, I think what I've started doing recently, uh, actually, which <laughs> speaking of that chess ball, because I've got last time now is mm-hmm. I've been setting the chess.com tactics puzzles to really low ratings. And mm-hmm. suddenly I, I'm finding after I've been doing that, that I'm able to complete puzzles in seconds. And I would have never been able to do that when I first started chess. A lot of it's just back rank mates, but I mean, all the puzzles I put the rating between zero and a thousand. And I find I can complete a lot of them really quick. And I think that's actually helped me more because the common chess patterns is still, although 
it's I think it's really hard to find really easy uh, books for for real beginners. Yeah. Um, maybe mate in one book would have been better for me than doing that. But I would definitely say it helped me to improve my calculation. And I can definitely calculate a lot better. Although I would say that there was such a delay on me seeing that change. I would say mm-hmm. after I completed my last cycle, it wouldn't have been until two months later, I suddenly realized like, whoa, look how fast I'm doing this. You know, just mm-hmm. looking at a position in a game and going takes, takes, takes. Okay, yeah, I think I'm okay there. And I definitely noticed I could suddenly suddenly do it uh, a lot quicker. And I think it makes sense. I was reading Kostya of uh, the chess dojo saying the other day that any training you do takes three months to kick in. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking I've only been playing chess for eight or nine months. So, you know, yeah. you get, can get a bit frustrated, but yeah, yeah. people need to bear that in mind. If you're going to study something hard, you might need to wait a while to see the effects. And if you've been playing for uh, a very short period of time, then mm-hmm. uh, that can be difficult. It also, this is going to sound so bad. It sounds like such BS to me that like, you're not getting better immediately right from the training you're doing. You're like, well, I just need to wait three months and then I'll see it. Like, it, I feel like it's a lie. We tell ourselves to keep going, which I'm totally fine with. And also I'm not <laughs> saying it is, I'm just saying that's what it feels like when I hear it. But I, but I have found it to be true for myself as well at times. So it's like, I do this studying and it's not being reflected in my games. But then, you know, a month later or something, I'm like, Ooh, Oh, maybe, maybe it, maybe it did take time to seep in. Just sounds so weird that like my brain is like a sponge or something and the knowledge is on the top and has to like seep on in or something. I don't, I don't get the science of it, but that's okay. Well, I mean, when I, so it was about three months ago that I started really trying to drill myself to ask myself these questions, just what does the move do? What does the move no longer do? And, uh, and the three aggregate questions Mm -hmm. and I got stuck. I like, I finished writing that blog post and I was like, Oh, I made it from 800 to 1100. And it was like, I increased my rating every week. You know, it was just like a steady climb. Mm -hmm. And then I got stuck there. And I think I got stuck there because I was asking myself these questions every game. (laughs) And it was such a conscious thought process, you know, it was so, it was so difficult. And then you'd start missing things in other parts of the board mm. and uh, which is the exact opposite point of the questions. Mm-hmm. But I would say now, like suddenly my, my rating's gone up. Like I, I actually dropped rating whilst I was doing this. I dropped like maybe 50 points and my rating's gone up a hundred points in the last couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's just going to keep going. And I feel like I'm really seeing the benefit of that. Nice. And like, I had this sense, like maybe you did that. I was a better player but my rating wasn't going up and I'm thinking what's going on. Maybe I just need to study chess and I, I can't just be playing these games and trying to implement this thinking, this thought process. But I do think I'm seeing the benefit of that now. So I think it's frustrating, but you do just need to be patient. Yeah. I think that's a really <laughs> great saying because like you said, you get in these spots, these little pockets, the, the, the most favorite times of chess where you're just like, all my rating does is go up. I'm a monster. I'm going to be 2000 eventually. Cause it's just, it's just straight up. And then, then you run into the brick wall and you're like, Whoa, who put this wall here? And then you can't get over it for months or for some people a lifetime. Um, and that just to me, like, I can't even imagine studying every day and hitting a wall that I can never get over. Like I just, I, with how I am, I think I would find that to be incredibly frustrating. So I don't feel like I've hit that yet. And it sounds like you kind of like hit that wall and then went around it or, or went over it or whatever it is. And now, now you're just running up the mountain again with no, no walls in sight until suddenly boom, but I'm rooting for you. Oh no, no more walls, just straight to master. Well, I'm sure there'll be more. I really, I think that in my experience so far, chess feels a bit like sport to me in the, you know, if when you're training, like your progress isn't really steady. I think it rarely is maybe at the very beginning in chess, you know, because yep. every you can do a tiny amount to improve a huge amount. Yeah. But then obviously it slows down. But I think you really do get these plateaus and then these spikes. I don't think it's really a gentle curve for anyone. At least that was my experience in sports. And it seems like it's going to be my experience in chess too. But yeah. I'll keep you posted. Me too. <laughs> I actually am helping this uh, <clears throat> person at school learn chess from the beginning. 
Um, she did not know how the pieces moved until about three days ago. Um, and someone taught her how the pieces moved. And so then just yesterday, I showed her the opening principles, you know, uh, get to center, get your pieces out, get castled. And we played for like nine moves. And I was like, look, you're completely even with me. You're crushing it. And she was like, oh, my goodness. Now what? And I was like, now's when chess gets hard. <laughs> so, yeah, we left our lesson like there so she could feel like I'm a master for a day. <laughs> Tomorrow <laughs> she realizes, oh, I don't really know anything yet. But it was fun that those stuff, the beginning of chess, I'll, I'll just never forget. Like I, I was reading through um, Modern Chess Strategy by Pachman and every day it was a new section where I was like, isolated pawns. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Double attacks, what? And just like <laughs> every day, some new amazing thing that I was learning. And then suddenly I realized like, oh, I actually know all the easy stuff to learn now. How, how do you get better from here? This feels challenging. So yeah, it's, it's been a fun ride for me as well. I've, I really um enjoyed it so what are is there any book you've read that has really stuck out to you as being um something that either provided you with a lot of help or is something that you're looking to spend more time with it is it amateur's mind or have you read some other books uh i have i read three other books i think mm. i think i read uh the first yasser sir one book okay it's just the winning chess yeah play winning chess i think yeah yeah that's it um i went through that super quick and i felt like i i probably should have spent longer but i was like ah, i know this stuff you know yeah. back when i thought chess was easy to learn oh yeah and uh but i i also went through weapons of chess by bruce mm -hmm. pandolfini and that was a really good book because i could read that without a board so nice. if anyone is looking for something i mean i, I think it's it's a it's very beginner book but it certainly helped me a lot just to get the very basic principles of strategy, you know, like putting your rooks on open files and things like that. Oh, yeah. It was a nice quick way to to get the information and maybe not know how to apply it yet, but to at least uh, know these principles. Um, and then and then I did my Common Chess Patterns book on Chessable. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, but The Amateur's Mind, I would say, is I feel like it's going to be an incredible book for me and I can't mm. wait to go through it and go through it again. Uh, because the first chapter I think was just on knights against bishops. Mm -hmm. And like that just blew my mind. Like I'm still at that stage, you know, at the beginning, you're yeah. like, you can't, you can't show me anything new, but I'm like, Whoa, this is incredible. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just the idea of like, uh, of understanding when you have the bishop pair and your opponent does not, taking away the advanced outposts from the knights and mm -hmm. uh yeah like i i just think it's so well explained and the games are so so instructive and the dialogues are so easy to understand i think it's an incredible book and i'm really nice. looking forward to getting through it when i get some time back maybe this yeah. winter yeah someone is a pretty amazing author i, I will say this um uh, i still learn about knights versus bishops right like there's just every book has a new like little nuance and i'm like oh yeah it's a good point and then like i get in the game i'm like what's better in this game than knight bishop and it's not always obvious right all the examples make it look so easy you're like of course of course i can figure that out yeah, and then you get in the game and you're like hmm i don't know should i make this trade here or not and then you make the trade and then you put in the engine the engine's like you fool why did you do that and you're like darn Thanks, Engine. Thanks for making me feel bad. Um, do you, is there any videos that you've enjoyed? Are there any uh, content creators on YouTube that you point to where you're like, yeah, that, that's kind of my go-to person, whether it's when I'm up for active learning or just want to kind of sit back and be entertained? Yeah, uh, I think Chess Network's Beginner to Chess Master CDs was very mm -hmm. useful for me. And recently when i was saying i was uh taking my son for a walk until he went to sleep and then sneaking in some youtube videos i was going through chess factors hmm. uh it was alex astane uh he has a positional chess series on chess factor and it's really nice because people say videos are very passive i always try and pause it and work out the next move or just at least assess the position but 
Chess Factor kind of forces you to do that if you go on their website because they kind of have follow-up questions to the video. Mm. So if you haven't been paying attention, you know, you'll you'll never get past them because there is no skip button. I, <laughs> that's the one thing I'll say for that website. Sometimes I'll be like, I just don't get this. And I'm trying to move every single piece, you know, <laughs> just to get to, just yeah. so I can get to the next video. That's hilarious. Uh, but no, they're really great. And uh, Kostya Kubitsky does videos on there as well. And a few other you know well-known chess teachers uh mm -hmm. it's really good uh so nice. i'd say those have stood out to me yeah um i i think especially for you ona i would suggest daniel naraditsky if you haven't seen him yet he has a series where he's like lifting his rating um up the ladder and he just does such a remarkable job of fully explaining every move every move he could make what his opponent should have done in a position and why. And then at the end of the game, he kind of like goes back to explain one specific concept that happened in the game. He's just, he's just really good at explaining and being sort of entertaining at the same time, which is, I feel like a really hard line. It feels like with videos are usually entertaining or they are instructive. It's, it's really hard to do both effectively. So that's just my uh, plug for the day um check out daniel Naraditsky. he's he's pretty great also there's this guy um kevin skull or something he started this series uh <laughs> where he's going through <laughs> alexander alakine's best games yeah i've started so i've started streaming just like a guess your move guess the move series where i'm i'm doing my own selfish chess improvement and i just decided to stream it and then put them on youtube so it's been pretty fun um, there's been a couple of games where people have really chimed in with a lot of their ideas and we, we had a lot of back and forth. Some of them, there's nobody there in the stream and it's just me talking into a camera. But, um, if you're interested in going through Alexander Alakine's games and you thought, I want to do it with Kevin, come on over, come on over to YouTube and put them all up there. It's been a lot of fun so far. A lot of stuff. Also, what's been fun about these older games is they make moves and I'm like, What? That can't be right. And I'm right sometimes. It's amazing, Ono. I'm I'm, and then I'm like, I guess I'm I'm getting the GM title soon just for making better moves. So, Well, that must be a good feeling to be able to pick up those mistakes. Huh? Yeah, it is. But then I get overconfident. I'm like, this is definitely an error. There's no way that was right. <laughs> and then I'm like, let's check with the engine. And the engine's like, no, 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 that was right. <laughs> that, that move was amazing, actually. And you're like, all right, all right, never mind. <laughs> But that's been a lot of fun. Um, so would you say the bulk of your chess improvement is coming from just playing a lot of games, like one rapid game a day, analyzing your own games? And is, is that is that the bulk of what you do? Yeah, I definitely. I think I try and take one lesson from each game uh, or like one takeaway moment. Uh, or maybe it's like a theme, like I've just been too passive. or Because uh, mm -hmm. I, I think that was... Uh, something that I did pick up from just playing the game and analyzing was I was playing way too passively. And so mm -hmm. I've been trying to force myself to, to, you know, not defend and to try and see if there's a way to attack uh, uh, in order to defend, uh, which I, I will say, and I wrote about this in my blog post. Uh, and initially I did this wrong, you know, it's like a, a piece is attacked Right, right. And uh, you counter attack and then they move that piece and you're like, oh, now two pieces are under attack. Oops. <laughs> uh -huh. But, uh, you know, uh, I watched that. That was actually a lot of the chess factor videos on mm. on trying to find um, more aggressive moves. Uh, so that's been a big change for me. And that's uh, that's definitely helped. But, yeah, I would say, yeah, just trying to take away one thing or one theme from each game. And that's been helping me slowly. Okay. Uh, I, but I also... Uh, David Proust, uh, also Chess Dojo, he was saying that when you're a beginning player, you just need to play games. Yeah. And, you know, I was looking at my chess.com account and I've, I've, I think I might have played 200 games. That's just <laughs> nothing. You know, it's like, uh, it's, it's so, it's yeah. such a little sample and you think, well, I just need to play more. So I'm just trying yeah. to get as many games in as I can. And I figure I can, uh, yeah, if I can fit some studying in around that, good. Do you have anyone you go over the games with, whether that be like a, a friend of yours that's kind of higher rated than you, a coach? Do you just do you use an engine? How, how do you sort of 
get that help in evaluating maybe where things went wrong? Yeah, so I think, uh, at least certainly for me, it was quite a, a solitary journey. Uh, the, uh, I think it must have been for a lot of adults who started after the Queen's Gambit because it was the pandemic and I felt like playing chess and, you know, my poor partner, she's having to listen to me speak about chess all the time. Got yeah. no one else to speak to about it. So yeah, I reached yeah. out to Neil Bruce on Twitter and asked him if uh, what this chess punch was that I kept hearing about on all these different podcasts and uh, nice. how I could maybe, if they had a league or anything like that. And he helped me. He like promoted a tweet that I put out and I got heaps of responses from different chess punks. And so, yeah, recently awesome. I have been playing with different people that I've met online and analyzing with them. And some of them are stronger. Um, than me for sure uh, so i've been really grateful for that uh, grateful to neil for helping me out with that and yeah it's been great to to analyze with other people and then also just to speak about chess with someone else who mm -hmm. understands what you're talking about and doesn't want you to just shut up <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah I, I feel like that's such an important part of of this journey is like going over games with another person um i try not to use the engine until i'm like stumped you know like i go through it all myself first when i first started coming back to chess like i was like there's engines that can just tell you everything that's amazing and i'd play my game and i'd immediately hit analyze and the engine would be like you screwed up in the following nine places and i'd be like i don't i don't know what are you trying to tell me engine and the engine's like i'm not trying to tell you anything i'm just telling you you're bad and i'm like okay well that's actually not that helpful thank you i already knew that piece um, so for me, finding people to work with, for me, it's been um, like coaches um, and other strong players and then sort of figuring out how I can use the engine in spots to help me at least get uh, an evaluation that's accurate, even if I can't understand what, why the engine thinks that evaluation is the way it is. That's been helpful to me. I'm wondering, have you... Um, heard or watched any videos by jesse cry by any chance do you know who that is i do yeah uh yeah he's the i think the 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 final dojo member i haven't yeah mentioned. <laughs> exactly uh, i really do because you've talked about the other two but he's a huge fan of just playing games and and analyzing and annotating your own game so it sounds like you're a jesse cry pupil without even being a Jesse cry pupil. I feel like you should reach out to him and be like, Hey, can I get discounted coaching? Like I'm already doing what you say. So let's, let's do this. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be, it would be amazing to get coaching from someone like him, but yeah, I know that's his philosophy and, you know, I never use the engine, which I think is also something he says is important. I mean, sometimes I, I, I do turn it on at the end, to uh, check my answers but honestly i don't think it's that useful for me mm -hmm. um yeah i'm just not good enough to understand the engine moves sometimes it'll show you you know if you have a missed win or whatever you miss a tactic yeah. uh i guess that can be useful if you're in the similar situation again but yeah generally i find it kind of hard to understand and it's best to just nice to get my thoughts down and maybe identify patterns in my thought process i think that's been much more useful to me yeah, I feel the same. I, I, I use, like you say, I use the engine to check my answers. And the other place I'll use it is if, let's say there were two, two moves or two strategies and I'm trying to figure out, was one of them the right one, right? I might like put in both of the moves and see what the engine says. And if the engine says that one is way better than the other one, then I might sort of play it out and figure out like, okay, so why, why was that strategy better? And I might not always understand. And then sometimes I do. But I find that to be kind of helpful just in those forks in the road. Can the engine help me there? So, but yeah, I agree. Generally, I feel like I've gotten better by not using the engine, which is just not at all what I thought was going to happen when I started. I was so excited that engines <laughs> had gotten to a point because I took 20 years off. The last time I was playing, Kasparov was still beating the engine uh, and it looked like the engine was going to overtake him. And I was like, oh no, the humans have lost. And then I come back and the engines are 3000 now, but, but they're like wow. this 3000 that can't explain anything. So I think the next step in engines, I, I feel like 
the next step in engine technology should not be stronger engines. Like, we don't need that. The engines are good enough. The next step needs to be engines that can talk to humans. Like to me, that to me, that's the next step of uh, engine development. But we'll see. Yeah. So, I see. Sorry, on you. Oh uh, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, as we are beginning to wrap up here, Ono, are there any big things that you've got on your horizon? You said you haven't played any over the board tournaments. Uh, is that in your future? Are you just kind of like, my life does not allow for that. Like I wish it did, but it doesn't. That's a distant future. Where are you at with over the board chess? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not happening anytime soon. <laughs> you know, I've got my, my kids only 15 months and uh, yeah, this farm was more of a field of brambles than anything else until uh, <laughs> a few months ago. So I definitely got my work cut out here. And okay. like I said, I'm trying to get this, this house built before winter, you know, winter is coming as they say, and uh, we need to get out of this tent before it gets cold. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been an adventure, man, for sure. Uh, but I'm really glad that we, uh, we pursued this. It's definitely uh, very fun. I feel like I'm doing something that matters. That's uh, environmentally sound. And yeah, I'm, re I'm really, really happy that we did this, even though it's been very tough to begin with. Uh, it's yeah. definitely worth it but yeah uh, over the board chess uh, no it's it, it's not on the horizon I'm going to stick to chess.com and okay. uh, playing with the chess punks that I've met on Twitter and I think it's such a good point to remember for everyone out there like I think we hear a lot like over the board chess is real chess right but I think real chess is whatever real chess is to you right like you're not everyone's life can, is set up so that they can just be like, all right, family, I'm leaving for the weekend to fly to the city to play in this event. I hope everything is fine while I'm gone. Like, it's yeah. great that, that some people can do that. And I can occasionally do that. But that, that can't be a norm for me either. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did. I was in the city a couple of weeks ago and I did walk into the chess club there I, I couldn't call it my local chess club because it's about two hours door to door from the farm uh -huh. but uh, you know I did go in and I asked what nights they play so you know who knows maybe something crazy will happen and I'll be able to turn up one evening yeah and, uh, you can go out for some fertilizer you're just like honey we need more fertilizer and then you go yeah. and you play <laughs> well yeah uh <laughs> trying, trying to keep it regenerative organic farming here but uh, sure. Yeah, we can go out for some cow uh, fertilizer. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I'm in uh, a sort of similar spot where Los Angeles hasn't even opened up at all for tournaments. So we're like, there's no, there are no local tournaments. There are occasional big tournaments, but big tournaments are such a huge time commitment. I played one since I was back, and it was so fun, but it also felt weird right like i like flew to another city and my family had to just kind of take care of themselves and i don't i don't know it just it just felt kind of odd to like do that but i'm hoping to do that again sometime we'll see so what what are your immediate goals ono are you looking so are you at I, i'm already forgetting did you say you're about 1150 or something right now around that yeah okay so are your immediate goals like I just want to get better or do you have immediate rating goals where you say like by the end of the year, I want to be 1300 or something like that. How, how are your goals working? No, I think I'm trying to have study goals rather than rating goals. I'm okay. trying to build, uh, you know, habits. Uh, really right now, all I'm trying to do is play these hundred games and annotate the hundred. And if I can do that, great and my rating will go where it goes in that time and it was the same when I had a little bit more time I was uh trying to do 30 minutes of tactics every single day and you know complete that woodpecker method and like those are my goals mm. but I will say I really struggled to let go of my rating goals when I first started chess you know mm. and I write I wrote about that in the blog post you know just about lobbing my, my laptop through the window <laughs> you know when and you're like and i'd be firing up games to regain my rating points rather than just waiting analyzing and becoming a yeah. better chess player you know better to end the day a better chess player and understanding something new than ending on the same rating you started with 
Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really trying to let go of the rating. Uh, it's difficult though. It's yeah. Difficult. I feel like it's especially hard to just be like another, another, when you're playing rapid games. Like, I feel like you can do that with bullet. You can just keep playing games, but rapid games are at least for me, a pretty big commitment. And it sounds like for you, if you only have an hour, you can't just run five rapid games. Like that's just not going to work. No, for sure. Right now it's impossible. So uh, yeah, when I was able to do that in the past, I definitely can't do that now. So that's definitely a good <laughs> limiter on that for me. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's it's good to hear that you've been able to find a way to um, not be so focused on your rating. I've been really, really adamant about that with myself um, and telling myself not to focus on rating. But then, you know, like after a while, you're like, hmm, I'm not saying that I'm focused on rating, but it would be nice if it would go up. <laughs> All right. And you're like, I'm happy with the journey. I'm happy studying, but hey, rating, you could actually play a role in this and just go up and, and then like everyone would be happy. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with me and my rating. Maybe we'll talk in like three months and I'll be completely ratings obsessed. Uh, my rating went to 1651 now instead of 1650 and it's a good day. And then it went to 1648 and it was the worst day I've ever had. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but hope, hopefully I can continue my uh, sort of Zen approach to just, just enjoying the process. And I appreciate Ono that that that's what you're doing and and you are enjoying that as well. Um, it's been really great talking to you. I really appreciate it. I think um, it's going to be a great episode for the listeners to hear. And I, I wish you good luck with your farm and your family and all that you got going on there. It sounds like a lot. So um, rooting for you. I hope you can find some more chess time when you're able to and enjoy the time you've got. So thanks for coming on. Thanks very much for having me. I think it's a, a really great concept for a podcast and it's, it's been really nice for me to, to hear about other people's journeys as well. So good luck with it. Thank you. All right, everybody, enjoy your journey this week. I hope it's a fruitful one. And if you lose all your games, it's all right. It's all right. You'll get, you'll get, you'll get some wins next week. It'll be all right. See everybody. <laughs>